You're my boy, Blue. Welcome to Quarantinema, a.k.a. Quarantinema, a.k.a. Quarantine Enema, the only podcast where we don't know how to say the name of the show. My name is Connor Sullivan. Thank you very much for joining us today. Holy shit, I'm pissed off. I just recorded a half-hour episode, and like it during the middle of my recording, like we, we were just about to get to uh, Did You Knows and everything, and... My computer just like shuts down. And she's like, oh, like we detected an error. We're going to restart your computer. Lost the whole fucking project. <laughs> I've been sitting on my couch recording this episode for 30 minutes. Fucking completely wasted my time. Then I tried recovering the file. That didn't work. Kept crashing my computer. So here we are. We're re recording. It's going to be a short episode because uh, if, we're, if we're on the trust tree here for being a little honest, I don't want to do it again. <laughs> so anyway. Today we're talking about old school. Great. <laughs> One of the great comedies of the 21st century, or the early 21st century, I should say. Uh, and now, I, now I'm trying to remember all the Spark, like the Spark Notes version of what I had <laughs> in the last episode. Uh, all right, so obviously we all know the movie. Uh, Luke Wilson, Vince Vaughn, Will Ferrell. Uh, it's got some uh, special appearances from Jeremy Piven. Uh, and... I mean, like the sporting cast. The sporting cast is good. It's you know, uh, like Rob Corddry's in there, Juliette Lewis, Ellen Pompeo, uh, Leah Remini, Sean William Scott, Matt Walsh, Artie Lang. Uh, so there, like, there's some, you know, there's some funny guys, uh, guys and gals in this movie. Uh, but my take, uh, my my big hot take from the original recording of this one is that uh, this movie without Will Ferrell is not that funny. Uh, it's it's it would complete it would be a completely different movie. Obviously, you know Will Ferrell is in it, uh, and he. I I think this is the funniest individual performance of his career. I don't think this is his funniest movie. Uh, but as far as Will like Will, it, I hope that makes sense. Like as far as Will Ferrell being funny. This is where he truly shines. He, I think he's got better moves. I think uh, I'd, put, I'd put Anchorman ahead of this. Uh, I'd put... I don't know if I'd put it ahead of Step Brothers. Uh, maybe Talladega Nights uh, would be in front of it. But, uh, I mean, there, I mean, it's Will Ferrell. There's so, so many things to choose from, uh, from what he's done over the years. And, I mean, he really is, like, the comedic... Like, I, think he, I think he's the funniest guy of the 21st century. Uh, I mean, really, t- last 25 years, if you want to go back to his SNL days. Um, and this is Will Ferrell at, at, like, the beginning of his peak. Uh, so, like, this is when he's at his absolute funniest. And then, you know, in the, ins- uh, the in- ensuing years after this, you get Anchorman, you get Talladega Nights, you get The Producers, you get uh, Elf, you get uh, just, I mean, Will, like, Will Ferrell was the funniest guy around for a long, long time. Uh, and uh, you could make an argument. I mean, I don't think his movies are the funniest thing uh, around anymore. But uh, just with all the cameos he makes, and you know, it, it, like he's uh, willingness to take on obscure projects and try different mediums, uh, things like that. I think he's still one of the funniest guys going. Um, and uh, you know, whether he's just like dropping in on like late night TV or uh, you know, it's some pre-recorded for like the ESPYS or something like that, he's. More often than not, very, very funny still. Uh, unfortunately, his movies, not so much. <laughs> but, uh, but yes, so uh, I think it's the it's Will Ferrell's funniest movie. Uh, I think uh, 
the what makes his performance so great is not the like the we've said on this uh, show before that Will Ferrell is the best screamer <laughs> out there. It's like him and Adam Sandler are like one two or like one A one B uh, for just the ability to scream at people uh, and be funny while doing it without coming off like it's too much. Uh, I think a lot of the scenes where he's you know Frank the Tank so to speak in this movie that though like the scene where they're going streaking or you know you're my boy blue or like all that stuff I don't think that's when he's at his funniest I think he's at his funniest when uh, it's those like more it's the more subtle like nuanced things in his performance like when uh, he's in <laughs> uh, like he uh, you know he, he's in the third uh, mar- uh, their mar- uh, couples therapy uh, with his wife. Uh, and, you know, he's playing that, like, it's not uh, Mahjong. I, I can't remember the name of the game, but, like, I remember I had that board game in my house growing up, and no one in our house knew how to play, and we never really established how to play. Uh, but if, if you watch the movie again, you'll know what I mean. It's that, like, it's that board with, like, it kind of looks like a big wooden egg crate, and you just, like, move, like, pebbles from board to board. But, like, I, like, I don't know where they're supposed to go. But So he's, like, playing that, and then, you know, he does his whole... A uh, little monologue about like, oh, you know, we went to the Olive Garden, which was lovely, uh, and then, and then he, uh, he starts wondering about uh, like the waitress's uh, underwear. He's like, maybe it's just like white cotton panties, or maybe it's thong, or maybe it's something I don't even, I've never even heard of. <laughs> so, like, I think like little shit like that. That's where he's really, really funny uh, in this. But uh, like, I, I think just a little shitty like that that he does, rather than just like you know, bombing around the locker room while he, you know. He was just on fire yelling, you got to keep your composure. I, th- I, th- I think that, like, dom- like domestic Frank, that's what's really funny about him. Or, or you know, when uh, Vince Vaughn is explaining the earmuffs thing uh, to, <laughs> to, uh, you know, to Luke Wilson. And, all, like, all of a sudden he just goes, cock balls. Like, it's, it's so dumb, but, it's so, but you can't help but laugh at it. So I really think it's Will Ferrell's uh, best performance. Uh, or his funniest performance, rather. Uh, not his best movie, but his funniest performance. Uh, the rest of the cast, I mean, they, like I said before, the movie is, like, it's Will Ferrell's movie. Uh, you know, everyone else is just kind of, you have Vince Vaughn and Luke Wilson are two, uh, they're almost like two straight men, uh, kind of, Luke Wilson definitely is, uh, but, Vin, like, Vince Vaughn's character isn't, like, this, like, loud, like, you know, animated character like a lot of the other guys are, you know. Uh, like look at look at the guys in the fraternity. You have Blue. You have uh, like Weemsy. You got uh, obviously Frank the Tank, and uh, just like all these other odd characters hanging around the universe. And then you have like Luke Wilson and Vince Vaughn, who are two seemingly level-headed guys. Vince Vaughn. I mean, like I've never like as time's gone on, like like his whole shtick has kind of like worn on me, on me, worn off on me. Like, I get, like, he's, like, the straight man, or, like, a, he's either a straight man or a bad guy. He's not a great character actor, or it's not that he's not a good character actor, it's that he doesn't really play characters that often. Like, when he's, when he gets to have fun, like, when he's West Mantooth and Anchorman, he's very funny. Uh, <laughs> even that, like, brief cameo he has in Zoolander, he's very funny. But, like, like Dodgeball, I don't want to say he's not funny in Dodgeball, but he is a straight man. Uh, and dodgeball, and then uh, like Wedding Crashers, he gets to let loose. I'll give I'll, I'll give him Wedding Crashers. I'll give him Wedding Crashers and dodgeball. Uh, but but that's but that's always getting. Which uh, and speaking of Wedding Crashers, 
Actually, no, that was not a Todd Phillips movie. Was it? No, it wasn't. <laughs> uh, but it but it is a movie with the Dan Band, which is also an old school, and it's also in Starsky and Hutch. Uh, Dan Band is the is the wedding band, and hands down one of the funniest scenes in old school is like at the wedding where you know they're having their first dance, and you know uh, they're singing uh, totally clips of, uh, totally clips of the heart, and then <laughs> like it's it's this nice moment, and then he just goes, I fucking need you more than I. <laughs> I fucking love the Dan band. All right, so, but yes, the rest of the cast, uh, Luke Wilson, I'm not going to lie, he kind of stinks in this movie. <laughs> I know he's the lead, uh, and, you know, he, like, he, I don't know. He's just, like, he, maybe it's just, like, his, like, demeanor or what, just, like, the, or maybe it was just, like, a poorly written character, but, like, he's very clearly setting everyone else up. Uh, in this movie, like, he doesn't have that much stuff to do. Like when I think, the, like some of the scenes, like once he starts like embracing like being the Godfather and like he's actually, uh, you know, partaking in the fraternity stuff. I think that's when he's probably at his funniest. But for the most part, he's just like, "Hey, what's going on?" And that was a that was a terrible Luke Wilson impression. I'm really sorry, about you guys, but uh, I'm very very upset that I lost my half hour of recording. <laughs> so. Uh, I'm just a little irate and a little cranky right now. Um, but, yeah, so, and, and, you know, the rest of the guys in the fraternity, uh, you know, Weemsy and uh, Spanish and uh, Rob Corddry's in there. Uh, Matt Walsh uh, is in there. And, like, those guys are, like, funny, but, like, obviously none of them really, like, overtake the show. They all have, like, a gag that they do at some point, which is which is great. Uh, but, uh, and Blue, of course. Of course, who, how could we forget? Uh <laughs> Uh, Blue Pulaski. So, uh, I, I I did think like the first time I saw the movie that Blue was like the funniest thing ever, just like an old guy in a fraternity, and then he you know dies in a KY Jelly fight, uh, wrestling match I should say. But uh, and then obviously the funeral scene, which is Will Ferrell at his absolute peak, uh, <laughs> uh, is uh, it's incredible as well. You can't hear uh, Dust in the Wind by Kansas and not yell, "You're my boy, Blue." You just can't. Uh, it's, a, it's a song, which I'm sure, was, like, I mean, I didn't live in a world but while that song was big, uh, but that song will always now forever be associated with You're My Boy Blue. Just a complete, completely ruined, however long that song was around, 20, 30 years or whatever, and now it's just You're My Boy Blue. <laughs> uh, or it brought it to life, I'm sure. You know what? I'm actually sure Kansas has made a shit ton of money because of old school. It, it, maybe it introduced like a younger crowd to their music or maybe it's just the royalties from the movie playing in syndication all the time I don't know but uh, but uh, you know I never thought about that I bet Kansas made a shit ton of money, money off this and uh, last thought before we get to some did you knows um, like a, yeah, we're, yeah we're going real short this episode guys uh, last thought uh, Todd Phillips the writer director of this movie uh, and he makes a cameo as, uh, you know, the gangbang guy. Um, a very, like, there are many, like, A-list, like, uh, comedic directors, uh, but, and while his movies I don't think are the funniest, uh, he's very clearly, a, like, co like, commercially speaking, he's a very good director. Uh, like, he's, like, he's good enough that he keeps getting, like, bigger and bigger projects to work on, and he keeps doing well enough with those that... Uh, he's able to always just kind of take the next step that he wants to. So, uh, like, 
you know, uh, you know, he had been around for a little bit before this, uh, you know, the road trip movies. Uh, and then he gets old school, which leads to uh, Starsky and Hutch, which leads to, I think, yeah, yeah, that leads to, uh, you know, the Hangover movies. and but he, did, he did the whole trilogy. Uh, you know, Hangover 1 and 2 are, uh, so I, we, I know we did this in the Hangover episode, which you can listen to that review now. Um, the, I think The Hangover was the highest grossing R-rated comedy of all time and when it came out in theaters and then just like two years later when the sequel came out, that became the highest grossing R-rated movie of all time or sequel of all time. Um, so, you know, he's got that going for him. Hangover 3 kind of sucks. Uh, and then he starts uh, pivoting. I, I know due dates in there with Zach Galifianakis and Robert Downey Jr. is in there at some point. Uh, but then he starts pivoting, uh, you know, he does War Dogs, then he does uh, Joker, which, you know, he beca- uh, you know he gets an Academy Award uh, nomination for, uh, and, you know, the, the movie, what, what, what it, was a, it was nominated for like 10 or 11 Oscars or something like that, Joaquin Phoenix won, wins best, uh, best Actor. So, you know, don't sleep on a lot of these, like, you know, <laughs> seemingly cheap comedies, because there's a lot of talented directors out there. Uh, who can do both drama and comedy. I mean, Todd Phillips clearly does comedy, but if you look at like the progression of his movie, and I, I was something I was actually keeping an eye out for this time when I was watching it, uh, like you look, you start to look for that like early like, oh, like he had this like visual style of like this and this and blah blah blah. It's not really there in old school. It's pretty uh, you know cookie cutter when it comes to you know, the style it was in. I mean, well, I say cookie cutter, but, like, at the time, you know, it's this big, hilarious movie. But it's a very performance-driven movie, not so much, uh, like, the aesthetic of it. Like, something like the Hangover franchise, those movies are really reliant on the way that they're shot because they, like, they look, those things look like fucking, you know, billion-dollar action movies, uh, you know, without the special effects and everything. But, like, this one, not so much. <laughs> uh, and then, obviously, the Joker, you know, is this incredible, not incredible, but uh, incredible looking, uh, you know, film. So, but yes, Todd Phillips, uh, I, I I enjoy him as a director. Uh, I think he, uh, I mean, he, he just made a lot of great movies that came out in my formative years, uh, so to speak. So I'll always have that nostalgic place for him. Uh, and then, I mean, it's cool. It's, it's cool to see him, kick, you know, kicking ass now. Joker, Joker is the highest grossing R-rated movie now, if I'm not mistaken. Um, anyway, so that is my Todd Phillips discussion. We talked to Will Ferrell. We talked to the rest of the cast. Uh, and now we're going to do some did you knows. Let's see if we can get this episode done in under 20 minutes. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, all right. First, did you know Frank's streaking scene was shot on a city street? As Will Ferrell remembered it, one of the storefronts was a 24-hour gym with Stairmasters and treadmills in the window. Uh, quote, I was rehearsing in a robe and all these people are in the gym watching me. I asked one of the production assistants, shouldn't we tell them I'm going to be naked? Sure enough, I dropped my robe and there would be shrieks of pure horror. After the first take, nobody was at the window anymore. I look uh, at that as a sign of approval, end quote. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, a bit of an afterthought, I guess, by the production team there. But, I mean, that's that's just, that's why Will Ferrell's the best, you know? Uh <laughs> Uh, the streaking scene, yes, uh, a little overrated, a little overdone, you know, uh, you know, the internet had its fun with it, uh, and it's something that a lot of, like, like, young, like, younger kids like myself who saw it for the first time, like, that was their big, uh, you know, takeaway from it, because that was one of the very few jokes that they could get, 
<laughs> if that makes sense. So, uh, but yeah, you know, like, I mean, it's still funny though, especially like when he gets picked up in the car and he's just like, Hey, you think like, you know, we can go to Taco Bell or something? <laughs> I, don't uh, I don't know. Frank Tank, very funny character. And Will Ferrell, like I said, uh, one of the great comedic performances ever. Um, okay. Uh, second, did you know, uh, oh boy, where is it? Uh, da, 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 da. Before filming, Vince Vaughn worked with Will Ferrell and, uh, to figure out their characters' backstories and how they knew each other. He credited that with helping him figure out who Bernard was, which led to several ad-lib moments. The earmuff scene where the kid uh, swears in front of the kids, and then I tell the kid to earmuff. That is all off the cuff. Uh, this is a quote, by the way. <laughs> uh, but that stuff is a lot easier to do when you uh, know who you are and who, what your circumstances and who your characters are. End quote. Vaughn explained. Very interesting. Uh, so that's clearly like Vince Vaughn and his like dramatic uh, upbringing. Like I know he was in, he'd been around for a long time, uh, really before this. You know, he, uh, he he was in Rudy. Uh, I know he did Swingers, which kind of a rom-com. Uh, or not rom-com, but like, or dramedy. It was a be, uh, be, you know, better word I'm uh, thinking of. I know he had a cameo in Zoolander, which came out a couple years before this. But uh, like, like Vince Vaughn, uh, I think he did... Was it Cape Fear? No. Great. Now I got. Now I got to go back through Vince Vaughn's IMDb, and I don't think we're gonna finish on time. God damn it. God damn it. God damn it. All right, Vince Vaughn. Da da da. Before old school. Okay, he does. Uh, he was in Sex and the City for a little bit. Uh, Psycho. That was the remake he did. Um, an episode of, or I think he was. Yeah. He was in Jurassic Park, The Lost World. Uh, yeah, so all right. So he'd been around, uh, but clearly with a dramatic background, and he's kind of gone back to that over the last couple of years, uh, I feel like. Really, ever since True Detective. Uh, whoa, what the fuck? All right, and we're back. <laughs> all right, so sorry about that. Something fell somewhere in my apartment. I have no idea what it was, but I just listened to the tape and you could hear something fell. So, uh, it is 11:22 on December 1st right now. So if something happens, I'm in my apartment. <laughs> it's 11:22, and I think there's a ghost, uh, in my apartment. Like I, like I like ran into, I, I thought it came from my bedroom. I'm sitting in my living room right now. I, I thought it came from my bedroom. So I like swung the door open, like nothing fell. Like everything seems like the everything's in the closet. Like Brenna slept through it, and Brenna's a super you know light sleeper. But you rewind the tape like a minute. You guys heard it. Fuck. All right, that scared the shit out of me. But and now I completely forgot what I was talking about. Vince Vaughn. Yeah, he's dramatic actor taking a dramatic approach to this role is kind of funny, but it ended up paying off. So, uh, damn it, I'm so rattled right now. Uh, there was. Damn it, there was one that I really want to play. Also, the studio didn't want Vince Vaughn uh, for this movie because they thought uh, he was known as a uh, you know dramatic actor. They weren't sure that he would be able to hold his own as a com uh, comedic actor, but he did just that. I mean, he's he's pretty funny in Swingers. I don't know why they thought he couldn't have done it, but either way, um, where is... There it is. Uh, Blue's real name is Joseph... J. Blue Pulaski. Uh, the Toronto Blue Jays have a minor league team named the Pulaski Blue Jays. I hope to God that that 
is not a coincidence and that they did that on purpose because that is hysterical. And I've ne- and like I love minor league baseball. I used to work uh, in baseball for a little bit and a little bit. It was like four or five years. Um, like I worked in baseball for a little bit and like I just love like all things like baseball, like team names and like you know rebranding and stuff like that. The Pulaski Blue Jays. I, I wonder which one came first. Actually, I'm gonna look that up uh, because ooh 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 because that's exciting. I hope I really hope one is named after the other. Pulaski Blue Jays. So they're not the Pulaski Blue Jays anymore. Now they're the Pulaski Yankees. And prior to their affiliate of the Toronto Blue Jays from 2003 to 2006, which is when the movie would have come out. But it looks like they always just kind of, oh man, all right. So looks like the character might be named after the team. I hope. I know Will Ferrell's a big sports guy, big baseball guy. So uh, hopefully he was able to work that in there. Uh, all right, well, it's that time of the show. Let's uh, rank the movie on a scale of one to five hazmats, uh, as we always do. Hazies, as we call them here. I'm so fucking mad this episode, like, that last episode got deleted still. And now I'm scared. <laughs> you know, someone in my apartment. Ah, Jesus. Uh, okay, but, uh, yeah, so we're going to rate the movie scale one to five hazmats, as we always do. And I'm going to give old school, I'm actually... You know what? The last episode I said I'm going to start being a little harder on these movies, and I'm going to give Old uh, old School just a three and a half. Uh, you know, I say it's a classic, and it is. Uh, it is by all means a classic, uh, but, like, you can only see it so many times, and, like, get, to me personally, it's just gotten a little stale. And this isn't, like, you know, this isn't me, you know, responding to movies that I've seen for the first time. These This whole podcast, this whole project, this is me responding to movies that some some of which I've seen dozens of times. And old school is one of them. It's on TV all the fucking time. Um, and I will say it is nice to watch uh, like the like the not TV version of it. That 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 was nice. Uh, but at the same time, uh, like I just like I know all the jokes. Uh, you know the ones that. Uh, the ones that, like, the, the big heavy hitters from, uh, you know, the movie, that's not really as funny to me anymore. Uh, and then it's, like, for me now, it's, like, going back and picking out, like, little things, which, you know, is still fun. But, uh, and, like, I say it's, like, three and a half is a bad score, but I, I, I'm sure there's people out there that are going <laughs> to that are gonna give me some guff about that one. So, anyway, old school, three and a half hazies. All right, well, that's going to do it for this one. Uh, sorry, it's a, it's a little on the short side. Sorry for the ghost. Uh, but all that being said, uh, we have another show coming out Friday. Uh, we're going to take a little step back uh, from the you know late 90s, early 2000s comedies we've been talking about uh, recently. We're going to go back to the 70s, actually, and we're talking One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. So, one of the older movies in the, uh, in, the in the collection, so... Uh, give it a watch. It's on Netflix, I believe. So uh, we will see you on Friday. In the meantime, follow us on social media. We're at Quarantine with Pod. Uh, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also subscribe to the show on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts. You name it, we're there. So in the meantime, don't be a hero. Stay inside. Watch a movie.